This is Gabriel Carrillo from the EdTech Bytes podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. While I don't necessarily felt like I was burnt out, I felt like it was a situation like if I don't change what I'm doing now, I'm not going to get any better to help anybody else. Absolutely. And so that's kind of what I did. I, I sat down with my family and I said, okay, we, we've got to do something different. We keep doing the same things. We need to change. We need a, a different direction. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Hello, Burned In Teachers. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 43 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. One part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, if we've never met. I'm Amber Harper, and I'm so grateful that you're spending your precious time with me today. And what a great day it is. I, for some reason today, I cannot stop smiling ear to ear. So I want to bring you into that joyful space. So no matter where you are, how you're listening, who's around you, I want you to say this out loud. This is going to be a great day because it will be. If you decide it's going to be a great day, it will be a great day. Are there going to be challenges? Of course there are, but you get to decide. And I don't care if it's 7 p.m. on a Wednesday, people. Get your mind right and the rest of your body and your beliefs will follow. So let me ask you something. Have you ever felt like you're so small and insignificant that you can't make a difference or that the whole weight of all of your students' baggage weighs on your shoulders only? Or like you know you need to change your mindset and your actions, maybe even your career choices, maybe not leaving education, but you may need to make a change within your career in order to meet the myriad of needs that are out there. But Also, you need to make a change for your own well-being. If you have or you've said to yourself, I keep doing the same thing over and over, it's not working and I'm feeling like such a failure, then this episode is for you, my friend. All you burned and over it teachers, I see you. You're on my heart today with this episode. Today's guest that I brought on is amazing. She was recommended from Instagram from good old Stephanie DeLussie. Her name is Christina Gawadzinski. She's a certified school counselor and a licensed professional counselor who has spent years working with those affected by trauma from victims and caregivers to their helpers like teachers. She's learned the importance of daily self-care in order to be able to properly care for yourself and for others. Now, and we're not talking about the fun self-care. That is also important, but we're talking about reflecting and asking 
the what if questions, the two sides of what if. You know, we can have the anxiety what if, which is anxious Avery, if you're thinking about the agents of same, you know, what if this, what if that, you know, having that scarcity mindset and having that irritation surrounding that type of anxious what if. But there's another side of what if that Christina is going to share with us today that is so transformational in your mindset and your belief that you do have control over more than what you ever thought possible. This month is all about beginning where you are. And Christina is going to give us a lot of tips and strategies to help us to reach our goal of getting out of that burnout by beginning where we are. Before we dive into the interview, this episode is brought to you by my free teacher burnout quiz. If you're ready to name that burnout type and take specific action steps to beat it, then I want you to head on over to burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz and take my quick three-minute, six-question quiz. After you do, you'll not only be able to name your burnout type, but you'll also get my free teacher burnout cheat sheet in your inbox right away that helps you identify your stage of burnout and what specific steps you can take to beat your type. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz to take the free quiz and also get your free cheat sheet to walk you through the steps you can take to begin to kick burnout to the curb today. Now let's jump into the interview. Christina, welcome to the Burned and Teacher podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I know that you work with teachers and students as well. Can you tell us and fill us in on your journey and how you, how you work with teachers now? Well, it's rather an unusual journey. Um, I originally started out with the state of Missouri as a child service worker. So I worked with a lot of students in child abuse and neglect um, I did that for like 13 and a half years. We always had teachers on our multidisciplinary team, um, but they weren't really kind of that behind the scenes person that, to see what all the things the kids go through. Um, so I really saw a need for some additional supportive services for our kiddos. I mean, they were struggling with all kinds of transitions in their lives and then expected to go into class and be on task and focus on academics and be on point and, and they just really weren't able to be there. And then of course, you know, the teachers are doing more with less, you know, like do more testing, do more curriculum, find ways to really engage students, but then districts are not giving the resources to be able to accomplish those big tasks, right? Noticing that need, I decided like it would be really important for me to find a way to connect with everybody and get everybody kind of on the same page. So um, I started my master's degree program in graduate school um, and I did school and professional counseling. It was one of those situations where I had always intended on retiring from the state. The state of Missouri, it's always dependent on the governor that's in position. So there was a lot of financial struggles and different things like that, that also add to stress of trying to take care of everything. So um, I really wanted to work with students, getting them to a point where they could focus on academics and being a kid, because a lot of the kids were not able to be a kid. So once I completed my graduate work, I went and worked um, in St. Louis Public Schools, which is an urban school mm -hmm. um, for as a mental health professional. And I found like there was just a very critical need for meeting students' mental health needs in order for them to be able to be in the classroom and be productive in a way, 
where they're going to get the most out of their classroom experience. So then from there, I went to a couple of nonprofits, pretty much focusing on trauma, um, and then really thinking, okay, I need to get into the schools. I could reach more students, more parents, more educators about how trauma and academic achievement, without addressing one, you can't address the other. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I was. And then I went and became a school counselor for Hazelwood, Missouri. At that position, I learned a lot and experienced a lot that brought me to recognize a real critical need for self-care. Are you speaking of self-care for teachers or self-care for, for students? All of the above. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that all of those years working specifically with students that you saw you saw the lack of obviously the lack of support that they were getting in their personal lives and then of course going into the schools right you saw that correlation and and it makes me think of that vicarious trauma that teachers are dealing with so was there a specific situation that happened where you saw the need to support the teachers in their self-care oh absolutely i think um Working in Hazelwood, it was a really kind of fast-paced, on-the-go, responsive service position. Like, I had a walkie-talkie. Um, there were always some form or fashion of kids just not being able to be in the classroom, whether it was meltdowns or just not understanding what the teacher's wanting. And then on the flip side, the teacher's not understanding, how am I going to work with this kid who already has so much going on? We had kids from every grade level that came to our schools with some pretty heavy baggage, whether it is from their home environment, witnessing violence within their community. Then you add to that their academic struggles, because obviously if you're dealing with all the extra baggage, you can't really go into the classroom and focus on your ABCs and reading and, and math, not knowing what's gonna happen the minute you leave the classroom. So it's kind of a catch-22 because everybody's kind of in this pattern of behavior where we wanna fix it, but then we have academic struggles on top of the trauma and everything else that we have going on. So you gotta fix both. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I've seen some really interesting images out on the internet. And one of them, um, I believe it was a quote, not an image, but it says, you can't take care of blooms unless you take care of Maslow's first. And that's... And actually, that's what I work on. Mm -hmm. So what are some, what are some strategies that you have, you know, working as a counselor now in a school? Am I, am I correct? Actually, um, I, because of what I was going through, um, I also had to take care of my own self-care needs and made some pretty critical decisions and left the education system in some way. I'm still in the education system, but now I'm a school-based coordinator where I coordinate therapists for schools to kind of help with dealing with those pretty high-needs kids, more one-on-one in individual sessions, alleviating some of that pressure from the school counselors and the educators so they, they can focus on the kids that need the academics and in those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind sharing, I'm really interested in hearing a little bit about that story. What caused you to make that, that transition? Because, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, Burned In Teacher, the podcast, the website, the support groups, all of that. It's not about 
keeping you where you are. It's not about getting you out of where you are. It really is about helping you to take the next best steps for you. So walk me through, if you would please, your decisions to to leave that school or that situation to do what you're doing now because you're still serving teachers. You're still serving schools and their students, but you're doing it in a way that better meets your personal needs. Right. And absolutely. And, And that's kind of one of the pinpoints of my decisions to make some changes. So we're all human. And so students come with their baggage, but teachers come with their baggage as well. And so what I was noticing is that as we're working with the students, teachers are also having those triggering moments and those situations where they're like, I I just don't know what to do. I can't handle this. And so they're not meeting their self-care needs. The kids aren't meeting their self-care needs and everybody's kind of clashing together. While I loved my position in Hazelwood and really connected with the students, the teachers, parents, I was at a constant fast-paced position. And the and the critical need for all the students and the teachers was really wearing on me. In March of 2018, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Coming from the world that I come from in terms of child welfare and education, I found that I always put everyone else's needs above my own. So I also had that mentality of okay, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. I can fix this over spring break and we can go ahead and go back to school. I can get back to my kids. I can get back to what I needed to do. But reality um, and the need for my own self-care kind of smacked me straight in the face. I had to make myself a priority and practice kind of what I preached, which is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's a real big challenge. Like, you know, you can always talk to someone else about, hey, I need you to just take a deep breath. I need you to think of the positives. You can do this. You know, I'm a great cheerleader for everybody else. But when it came time for me to be like, okay, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to push through something. You're going to have to stop and really take care of yourself. And so that's what I did. I can't say I did everything correctly or exactly the way I probably should have, but it did slow me down enough that I needed to make some significant changes. Mm So I think we all kind of have those seasons of burnout, you know, in some form or fashion. Um, And I think this one was, while I don't necessarily felt like I was burnt out, I felt like it was a situation like if I don't change what I'm doing now, I'm not going to get any better to help anybody else. Absolutely. And so that's kind of what I did. I, uh, I sat down with my family and I said, okay, we, we've got to do something different. We keep doing the same things. We need to change. We need a, a different direction. So we actually, my husband had gotten sick over that year as well. And so we made those decisions. My daughter was struggling with being in high school. She kind of felt invisible. So we sat down and I said, here's my thought. What if? And when we did that conversation of what if, we came to the conclusion, now's the time. So our what if was, what if we didn't stay in St. Louis? What if we moved to a smaller community, closer to family and friends, um, having a change for a high school for my daughter who's a junior? What if we took this leap? Um, And so we did. And then I got a position as a school-based coordinator where I'm over three districts. They're rural rural districts, but they are seeing the same high needs for their kids and their staff 
as we see in St. Louis. So I feel like it's across the board mm. that everyone has this, this kind of impact and this issues. If after today's episode, you're wanting more, check out this month's Burned In Teacher podcast freebie at burnedinteacher.com slash begin. In it, I break down what it means to begin where you are because Burned In is an eight-step acronym. B stands for begin where you are. U stands for understand your teacher brand. R is reflect on your challenges. N is nurture your strengths. E is extend your reach and possibilities. D is determine your long-term goals. I is initiate lasting change. N is never settle. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash begin and get this month's BIT podcast freebie. Chapter one of my ebook, Burned In Teacher Training, Eight Steps to Go from Surviving to Thriving in Education. Enjoy the chapter, take action, and burn on. You know, facing breast cancer is not something that ever really goes away. While I am cancer-free at this time, and I meet my doctors like every three months, there's always that lingering thought that always that little, what if it comes back? What if I don't have the right blood results? What if the pain that I'm feeling right now isn't because of new muscle growth or things like that? What if it's something else? So you're kind of always faced with that. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you shared that piece of your journey with us because number one, I can relate to that. We had the same conversation as a family Mm, of we've clearly now I, I'm so grateful that it wasn't because of an illness. Mm-hmm. It was because of factors that we just, some patterns that we had seen happening with our daughter, with our marriage, with um, just how we were feeling in general about our certain situation. And we sat down with the family and made a pros and cons list to yes. making a move. And, and it wasn't reactive. It was, it was more proactive. Look, we can see things not going in a way that really meet our core values. So we need to make sure that we are making adjustments that are best for us. And that is something that I strongly suggest to all teachers that I work with. And and you're right. You know, we're human. We're we're not superheroes. You know, we we have to take we have to take action that is best for us. You know, even if it means um, leaving a position that we know is very important. But if it if especially when you're really needing to focus on your own health, sitting down and really making a list or. I love your idea of the what if, you know, not if the what if in an anxiety standpoint, but a what if, like, what mm-hmm. if we took this chance? What if we did this? You know, um, what would be the domino effect there? So you had a couple of points that you wanted to share with us today about teachers. And, and these points that you want to make come from your experiences with students, with working with teachers who work with those students, and, the, and then, of course, from your own personal life as well. And we're so lucky now to have a therapist who's here on the podcast with us to walk us through those steps, because not only are you coming from a personal standpoint, but you're coming from a, a research standpoint. You know, you know, you've gone to school for this. You know what you're talking about as well. So can you, can you share with us what your points are and what actions um, teachers can take to, to help them to move forward from, from their anxiety or their stress level or, you know, their frustration. Of course, this burnout that so many of our listeners are dealing with. It comes back to a couple of things. One, for teachers, they need to understand why they're in the position that they're in. 
I mean, I know the jokes all come around like teachers take positions because they want summers off and different things like that. But the reality is you chose to be a teacher for a reason. What is your why? And I know it sounds very simplistic, but you really have to dig deep and figure out what is it that you want to be remembered, known for, or your position. What is your purpose in working with kids? Because it's not just the curriculum that you're dealing with. You are really there. You are the champion for the kids. You are their cheerleader. And so um, as I work with teachers and as I talk to teachers, one of the big takeaways that I tell them is that you need to build relationships. You need to build relationships with your students, with their parents. The more you know about the kids, the more you can help the kids. And the more you help the kids, the more the kids are like, you are my safe space. You are my safe person. I, I'm okay in this classroom. I don't have to be defensive. I don't have to have my walls up. Um, in terms of self-care, you have to understand self-care is not selfish. It's a very critical necessity that if you want to be the best version of yourself, you have to take care of yourself to help others be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I do different things, like you had mentioned. I make lists. Um, I do pros and cons. Um, when making a decision, I had a supervisor at one point say, um, would ask in an interview, how are you current in your work? And some people take that as, well, I'm on task, I'm on time, you know, those kinds of things. But the reality is current. What are you doing to make sure that you're keeping up with the trends and the changes in your world, in your environment? Um, being current means understanding trauma. Because right now, it's not, not every kid has had a horrendous experience, but every kid has been able to witness or connect to some kind of traumatic event just through the news, just through social media, just through conversations with other kids. Um, so it's, it's important for them to be very critical of that. Um, I also think one self-care piece for teachers is to give yourself permission. Give, give yourself permission to make mistakes and give yourself grace when you do make those mistakes. Because again, if you think you're supposed to be perfect at everything, and you, that just adds more pressure to your already pressured work kind of thing. Um, well, it's interesting if you don't mind me saying or yeah. jumping in here. It's interesting that you that you mention that because when you talk about self-care not being selfish, you didn't talk about, you know, the fun type of self-care. You didn't talk about, you know, going and going shopping or going out for a a bottle of wine with friends. You're talking about the proaction, you know, staying current and and really addressing, "Oh my gosh, my kids are out of control. What am I going to do to get current on this? That is self-care. Mm -hmm. Because Absolutely. we're not just complaining about how bad things are or how 
disrespectful these students are. You're saying, this is a problem in my classroom and I'm going to do the work necessary or I'm going to find the resources necessary to get current on this problem and take steps to fix it. And like you said, building the relationships with students is so important. And I'm not just talking about just the first day getting to know you bingo sheet. You know, we're talking about deeply getting to know those kids so you can connect with them on a deeper level. And again, like you said, be their safe space. That is self-care. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the things um, that stuck out the most to me in working in Hazelwood. It's, yes, absolutely. Go out with friends and do those kinds of things and and pamper yourself when necessary. But self-care is also those basic needs, kind of like we talked about Bloom taxonomy and and Maslow, you know, if, if kids aren't getting the sleep that they need or eating the right things, or even having a place, um, a shelter, they're not going to be good students for you in your classroom. The same holds true for teachers. If you are not eating right or, um, sleeping enough or are doing something to kind of take care of your basic needs, you're going to be very easily triggered. I did have, um, so the other piece of that would be for teachers to ask for help when they need the help. So creating your own support system and your own network of, you're right, my kids are out of control. I can't get them to do the simplest things of lining up for lunch. Where am I going to get that information? Where am I going to go to to get that help? Um, And not being afraid to ask for it because it is okay to ask for help. Just as we would tell our students, if you don't understand something, ask for help for it. The same holds true to our teachers and staff. They need to ask for that help. Um, I have a story kind of connected with that. We had a brand new teacher and God bless the brand new teachers because they are coming in ready and raring to go. And then they can easily get burnt out with the first semester of the chaos that kind of reality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I had, um, a first year teacher. She was wonderful, but she was completely overwhelmed. And by, I would say November of her first year, she's just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm probably not going to come back after winter break. So we sat down and I said, you know, talk to her. Um, they, it's kind of funny. I said I needed a couch for my teachers as much as I needed one for my students. Um, but we sat down and I kind of went through, what's your why? What, what is it that you really want to get out of being a teacher? So after we kind of pinpointed those kinds of things, we decided we need to look at positives. You know, nobody can understand the experiences of teachers or children's service staff or therapist or the helpers, unless you've been in those positions. Um, So she really kind of didn't know who to go to. So she came to me and and we created a plan. I had a jar that um, I gave her and I said, every day, I want you to write down three good things that happened in your classroom. Three funny stories that kids would tell because literally you cannot make up the stuff that comes out of kids mouths it just happens um so look at those three positives every day no matter if your hair was set on fire no matter if someone was running around with scissors what was it that was really good for that day um 
It's so almost she- like, Christina, I swear, it's almost like you're inside the birded teacher training program, like just <laughs> reading through because that is one thing in the, in the reflective journal, write down three things you're grateful for. Absolutely. And they can be monumental. They can be so minute, but taking time to focus on the positive because as humans, and I love that you brought that fact up because that is something I'm so passionate about is that sort of debunking this idea that teachers are superheroes. Right. <laughs> They're right. wonderful humans. <laughs> they are humans. And we, we have to be realistic about what we can handle. And I love that your second point here is all about your basic needs are a daily requirement and not just sleep, not just food, but really addressing the positive mm-hmm. and, and finding it and sitting down and that basic need of connection. Yes. Yes. It's so important. And, and again, going back, it's important for you and your students and it's important for you. Absolutely. And I mean, it, and it is important. And so with this teacher, she actually, you know, she became current in her profession. She became a master teacher. She's going on her fifth year. She absolutely loves it. She is one of the most positive people in the building. She works very hard with all of her kids. She sees them as kids. Not as data point score, not <laughs> as a data point. Yeah. You know, she sees them as kids, and every day is a fresh, brand new start. She still continues that tradition today of writing three positive things down. It has become a habit for her. It's so so powerful. Yes. So and powerful. she's encouraged other people to do it. You know, yeah. as. And, and as I was just going to say, I mean, and now because you've gone through these practices yourself, you understand the need to address and like you said, to get current. Right. When you do those things, when you bring those practices into your own life, you are then able to become a mentor to others because you can have that, um, you can have that empathy toward them. I've been through this. I know exactly how you feel. I don't know exactly your exact situation. I may not be able to connect exactly with your situation, but I know what it feels to feel hopeless. I know what it feels to feel completely out of control. Let, let's work through this together. Let's talk. What do you, what do you want? Why are you here? Just exact. I love that you shared that. That's so powerful. And that's a great, um, that's a great segue into your last point, which was being reflective in your own self-care practices and how critical that is to your well-being and your ability to really do the job of supporting kids. Right. We need to be honest with ourselves. I can't, I can say I've worked with kids before and I'm like, I'm not proud of that moment. That's not the best of, you know, choice of words or choice of position of my body or, you know, different things like that. And I think if we are honest with ourselves and take that time to be reflective, we open ourselves up to better possibilities and more success in our world because, you know, we have seasoned teachers even, not just new teachers. We have seasoned teachers that, it's my way or the highway, or, you know, I, I should be the one in control of my classroom. But the reality is we all have moments of not being in control. And so if we allow for our space for that and we give ourselves grace when we don't do it the way we probably should have, and we reflect on it and know better to do better, I think we put ourselves in a better position. 
I love that. So two things you said. Number one, when you know better, you do better. I mean, that's just Maya Angelou. That's my one of my favorite yes. quotes ever. And the second thing you said is about the control, the need for control. You know, a lot of the teachers that I work with, number one, they are um, they are at that 11-year mark or more. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that I don't have an audience of, of teachers who have taught for less years, but mm-hmm. typically it's the teachers who have been doing this for a long time. They've seen the change in the needs of their students, and they don't know how to keep up with those changes to get current, like you said, and right. it really is. And I go back to my conversation with uh, Lori Desatels, Dr. Desatels, back in March. You can't control or manage other people, whether that's other adults or six-year-olds. You can't. All you can do is connect. Right. Absolutely. And that goes back to your first and second point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you just have to. Understand it's okay, absolutely okay for you to not know everything. Mm. If we knew everything, then we probably wouldn't be in the positions that we're, we are, you know. Um, I learn something new every day, random new things every day. So just opening yourself up to that makes you a better teacher, a better educator, because ultimately you're educating people in all walks of your life. It's not that you're just a teacher in that classroom. You're educating the parents. You're educating other staff. You're educating family members, friends, different people that you have within your life just on what you do on a daily basis. And so I think that's critical. Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned that too, because this actually goes into, now we're really talking about really beginning where we are, being reflective, taking care, like backing up, taking care of those basic needs and and taking care of yourself and being reflective. But you also just kind of touched on um, the you and burned in, which is understand your teacher brand. So these things that we say and we do on a daily basis reflect on our core values. They reflect us and why we're there. And, and, and it really reflects on how people react to us. Right. So it all starts with, with what you laid out for us today. So I'm so, I'm so excited to share this episode with teachers because it's a great way to kick off the new school year, especially if you have already started back in <laughs> August yes. and things are just not going the way that you wanted. This is a great reminder to step back, make that what if list or mm-hmm. the pros and cons list, be thinking about how you can take care. And I love that. I love what you said about how, what are you doing to get current? Um, and that's sometimes the hardest stuff to do. It's it's the self-care that's not fun sometimes. <laughs> right, right. And, and I think that's the, the piece that if anyone were to leave this um, interview and understand is that you have to decide for yourself who and what you want to do. So as you look into the future and as you kind of put your goals in place, you can have really great, wonderful, lofty goals. But if you do not take time to figure out how you're going to get there in a realistic, practical way, mm-hmm. then that's all they are is wonderful, big, lofty goals. Again, you're, you're reading right from the ebook. I swear. I, I swear she's not listeners, but it proves that it's... <laughs> It just proves that it's just good. It's good practice. The, the things that we talk about, the people I have come on here, you're, you're here for a reason, Christina, because you are, you are just absolutely solidifying what, what we've said before on the podcast and, and what Burned In Teacher is all about. So I'm so grateful that you came on here today. Now, one, one more question I have for you. 
and I believe you've already answered this, but um, I want I want to turn the tables on myself. I want to say, you know, I am I'm struggling. It's it's the third week of school, and I'm in a new school, maybe, or I moved to a new grade level, or maybe I've had the same grade level, but this this class of students is bringing in baggage and trauma that I've never dealt with, and you've seen this struggle in me, and I come and I sit in your office. What is the first thing you say to me? I think I would probably start with highs and lows, honestly. You know, what has been something that's been really good that you've noticed as you're in your first couple of weeks? Let them identify that and recognize that and then then go into the lows because the lows is where you are going to want to do your work. That's what you want to change. But if you don't recognize some of the good, you're really not going to be in a position to, to make those changes. And so, you know, focusing on what is that piece and then saying, okay, so that's the kind of thing you want to have. You want to have those good positive highs for your week so you haven't had that so what can we do to get you to that point and so going through a gamut of different um practices and skills and and kind of some ways that we can get there but having them focus on that high so that they're more open and receptive as we look at the lows I love that idea. And that's, again, you know, focusing on the positive and the things that you can control or that you're just really good at naturally. Absolutely. And then, you know, really thinking about how you can use those strengths to maybe nurture those um, those lows that you mentioned or those struggles um, right. that they're ha- having with the students. Excuse me. <clears throat> and mindset is everything, honestly. Um, we expect for our kids to look at the positives of things or – um, make those good choices and those smart decisions. But if we're not doing it for ourselves, kids are not going to really grasp it or understand it. And everybody loves a negative Nelly. Like, you know, everybody can jump on board with all the negativity in all the world. But when you start presenting yourself in a positive, open way, you don't have room for that negativity. Mm-mm. It's so, so true. And that goes into um, something new that I've created called the agents of same versus the agents of change. So mm-hmm. I've put names to these voices, these this negative self-talk, and I've combated that with the positive voices and I've named those positive voices. And it's so interesting that you that you mentioned the mindset because it's so easy to teach it it's a lot harder to put it into action into our own lives because we want to say things like, shocker, this always happens to me. I always get that class. You right. Know, or, you know, I, I, oh, this is always the way that things happen. I can just count on it. When in fact, we could be talking about, you know, I'm not going to let challenges affect my attitude. I can do hard things. You right, know, I right. Help. I might need help with it, but I can do these things. This is why I'm here. So I, that's the perfect way to end this interview. And I, I'm just, again, so grateful for you and your time. And we're actually going to move into the Burned In Teacher Lightning Round. Have you heard of it? So because our conversations get so serious so quickly, I like to end again on a positive, fun note, get to know you Good. a little bit better. So we do a quick this or that lightning round. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Chinese or Japanese food? Chinese. Yeah. You know, I would have such a hard time answering that question. (laughs) I love them both. Um, Yes. Dogs dogs or cats? Uh, Dogs, even though I have a cat right now. 
She's wonderful, but she acts like a dog. Do you want, I was going to say, well, maybe I don't want to trade you then. I was going to say, so a lot of my listeners, they know my dog, Oliver. Um, And as I, it's the first dog we've owned as a family and we've had him for five years. And I've realized over those five years, I love, I love Oliver, but I think I could be a cat person. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the needy. He's so needy. (laughs) He just wants to be right next to me all the time. And the last question is train or plane? Probably train of oh, so much you see on the news. Oh, I, yes. I minus minus train every time, although it, they're so much slower. But I'm not a great right. flyer. I'm not. I'm going to be flying by myself next month to a conference, and I'm terrified. So yeah, a lot of positive self talk. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Planes. It, you know, as a therapist, you think, okay, you have all these coping skills. Yes. Yeah, putting them into practice not always the case. Nope. Nope. It's definitely, it's that lack of control. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Absolutely. Right. Oh, Christina, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful you were here. And I know that the listeners of the Vernon Teacher Podcast are going to get so much value out of your topics of discussion and your tips today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I know you've heard me say it before, but I'm going to say it again. So good. I feel like this is one that you could play again and get even more out of the second or third time around. And I've done that before. I know I'm a podcaster, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. And when I hear one that I feel like helps me to really create a plan for change, I listen to it and I really let it sink in. So here are the main takeaways. Understand your why in the position that you're in. Number two, self-care isn't selfish. Any kind of self-care. Number three, ask yourself, how am I current? The fourth thing is give yourself permission to make mistakes and grace when you make them because you will make them. And that is a really important part to moving forward and making changes. The fifth thing is if kids aren't getting the sleep that they need and they're not eating well, they won't be good for you. The same holds true for yourself. If you don't take care of your basic needs, you won't be good for them. The sixth thing is ask for help. And the seventh thing, please be reflective of your own self-care practices. When you know better, you do better. And that all starts with you taking time to get quiet and think, what if? What if I did this differently next time? What if I asked for help with this thing that I'm really struggling with? Or what if I make a scary change? So as you begin where you are this month, I want you to think of self-care as proaction. If you have a big problem in your classroom or school, what are you doing to get current and solve that problem or at least make progress towards supporting yourself and your students when there is something clearly not working? Ask yourself, and I want you to write these down. Share them in the Burned In Teacher Facebook group at burnedinteacher at facebook.com slash groups slash burnedinteacher. What is your why? What are some positives that we can look for and focus on? Every day, I want you to write down three good things or funny things that happened. Look at them every day. Reflect on them. And of course, get current. Use your own story and experiences to develop empathy for what others are currently going through. And if you're going through some stuff, you've got to get current. Take some action and make some plans. And finally, make a what if list. What if I changed my beliefs, my procedures, my habits? What if I changed my position? What if I... Insert what needs to happen next. As you move into the next day, the next week, the next month, and anxious Avery sets in, 
what if, and it's not a positive what if, I want you to answer with go with the flow, Frank. I am not going to worry about things I can't control. And I'm going to insert something here. But I am going to have the courage to take control of the things that I can control. It's all up to you. Take a deep breath. I'll see you next week. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.